Presley on Anything Goes. And I see them everywhere in the city. And when I started to do research, I found out that, you know, in terms of behavior, city and country raccoons are two very different creatures. Right. Well, city raccoons are fatter, aren't they? They're fatter, they're lazier. And they're more pretentious. They hate traffic. I mean, that's yeah. why they, they live in the city. They don't want to go out in the burbs. They don't want to do that driving in and out every day. They write poetry. They go to Starbucks. They're assholes. Pay too much. Yeah. Complain about it. Yeah. Um, okay. So, but, so, like, no, like, tell me as, like, a fairly ignorant, um, uh, partially inebriated uh, hack radio show host, uh, why should I give it two shits about a raccoon uh, living or, or dying? Oh, God. Um, wow. Well, I think you should care because all living things have a right and a value. And exactly. Actually, we don't actually, even no, know no. what their value is in the whole food chain. Well, they can't, really, we they don't can't write it down on paper. It. Well, there hasn't been Put enough. Put it in an email, <laughs> raccoon. There hasn't been enough studies done on them. Because and now, let's get to a new exciting show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some laughs? Are you? They will do anything for money, even wash a gilt's back. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? And Dave Martin. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. Can you dig it? Hey there, everybody. It is July the 24th. This is Anything Goes for the week of July the 24th. Man, I, I, whenever I'm on by myself doing this, I always get things out of order and I always screw up in some sort of way. And, and Darren Frost isn't here this week uh, to uh, yell at me and, and tell me how wrong I am. Uh, but uh, this is Anything Goes for the week of July 24th, 2013. My name is Dave Martin. Uh, in the studio this week, we, that is correct, we are Darren Frost-free. He's out uh, on the East Coast. Um, I don't know if he... Actually, he was told me not to bother trying to plug him at any gigs or anything this week, so... We have, a, we have an amazing show this week. Um, we have uh, Norm Souza who's going to be coming in. Uh, you might have seen him on the Discovery Channel's show, uh, Don't Try This at Home. Is that correct? No, it's not? Norm just get, shook his head and told me that I'm incorrect. Well, he will correct me on the name of that show when he comes in later on. Now I got the thumbs up for that. And also, uh, as my co-host this week, uh, is the uh, very lovely and talented uh, Amanda Brooke Perrin. Hello, Amanda. Oh, man. Hello, Dave. <laughs> How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm quite uh, I'm quite all right. I'm much better than I was earlier this week. And I need to mention one other thing. At the end of the show, we will have the first part of our interview with Dan Leacop. Uh, he is a, a very funny comic out of uh, Winnipeg. Uh, he kind Kind of has dropped out a little bit out of the comedy scene uh, lately, but uh, some of you might know him from his character Mel Silverback that appeared on Last Comic Standing, and uh, he had a comedy now as well, so we're going to be playing that interview, and then the second half of that interview uh, will be a part of the podcast, so uh, listen to the first part of that interview in the third segment of the show. Uh, but... More than anything, uh, what uh, Amanda? What did you get up to this weekend? Okay, first of all, I was expecting Darren to be here, and Darren scares the shit out of me. Oh, did you? He does scare a lot of people <laughs> right. like that. I like a dog on a chain. I've never had like a like an actual conversation with him, right. so I was just like, "Cool your jets, Perrin. <laughs> it's gonna happen today." Are you relieved that he's here? Or are you? No, uh... Uh, no. I would love to get to know the guy. Right. 
So is this uh, like you accepting to come uh, in here today? Was it sort of like a, a face your fear sort yeah, of like? I like, wanted to face my biggest fear. Yeah, I was trying to think of a metaphor of like standing on the edge of a bridge, but I don't know what fear yeah, you would be facing if you were just, standing on, on the edge of a bridge. It'd just be like being in a recording studio without any air. Ah, okay. Yeah. So that's what well. I, I often have referred to doing a show with Darren as like uh, doing a show with carbon monoxide. <laughs> yeah. So it can sometimes be it's pleasant for a while, the lightheaded part, but then you know it eventually will kill you. I should actually also mention that um, we are nominated for a comedy award, a second comedy award, the only show in the history of Sirius XM to be nominated for two Canadian comedy awards consecutively. Uh, we have a new uh, iTunes address, which is anything goes on Sirius XM. And um, so just type that into iTunes and you should get all the podcasts that we've done so far. Um, Congratulations. What are the awards? When, when are the awards? No, what are like what you were nominated for? We two? were nominated for best radio program. Oh, twice. Twice. Oh, man. Not in the same year, but in no. the same uh, like last year we were and this year we are. Heavy hitters. So, I know. How about that? That's great. Uh, have you been nominated for something before? I was nominated for Best Newcomer in 2010. Oh. How how long were you doing comedy for that you became uh, first newcomer? Three. It was just under three years because it, it was like three years was the cutoff at the time. Really? Yeah. Oh. Peter Anthony was doing comedy for eight years. <laughs> I know. When he got Best Newcomer. Year, and he won it yeah, too, I think I you believe. Yeah. The year I did it, they made the, the rule like, hey, maybe stop. <laughs> maybe actually be a newcomer. Yeah. Well, I think in even the year Lori got nominated for Best Newcomer or something like that, I think she'd been doing sketch for a while. But then when they said, uh, and when I said Lori, I meant Lori Elliott. Uh, I think when they said, uh, oh, well, how long have you been doing stand up? And she was like, oh, well, maybe two years. And they, yeah. Okay, well, we're going to go with that. Just say two years. Yeah. So there's, it's a little it's a little shifty. But at the end of the day, you know, Everyone feels great. It, well, everyone should feel great. <laughs> and it is nice to be nominated. I was saying to Norm earlier that I was like, like last year I was campaigning. And I was like, oh, man, we got to win this. And I was handing out cards to people, telling them how to vote. And now I'm just like, ah, fuck it. Let's just uh, <laughs> uh, enjoy the party. Let's just roll the dice. And see, see what, what happens, happens if, if something wins or yeah. if something doesn't. Uh, I had huge plans. You and I were supposed to have a gig on Saturday that got yeah, canceled. Man. Coburg. Um, with Christina Walkinshaw. Yeah. It, it was going to be fun. It got canceled. Uh I don't know why exactly. Uh, was it ticket sales? I feel like they couldn't be ticket sales. <laughs> How dare they? Those names? Those yeah. comedian legends? Yes. Um. Yeah, probably. For, I think for it might have been ticket sales. Uh, but but yeah. it's hard in the summer. It's so hard in the summer. Mm -hmm. I run two shows and it's just a nightmare being like, hey, are you hot? Want to get hotter? Come sit in this basement for three hours. Yeah. You know, the, you know the basement, I didn't have air conditioning. I think I installed my air conditioning at the end of last week, and uh, I'm glad that I did because we had two days of heat wave, and, but yeah. now it's nice outside. It's so nice. And now I'm like, well, what the, I put in my fucking air conditioner. Well, and now, now it's, you're prepared. I'm, now I'm hoping for another heat wave. I am not, and I hate you for saying that. No, but no. I'm only hoping because I put in all this effort to put yeah. in my thing. No, it'll yeah. happen, Dave, and when it happens, you will be ready for it. I sure will be. Yeah. I uh, For a while, I actually contemplated sleeping down in the basement of uh, the house that I live in, but I share it with four other apartments. Oh. And so I thought that yeah. would be weird if they came downstairs and I was just sleeping in the basement. <laughs> Who's that weirdo? Yeah. Who's that weirdo that also lives in apartment <laughs> three that he can't... He's a squatter. Yeah. yeah. But he also looks very familiar because he probably has an apartment in and the same building. he has a nice pressed shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> the... Uh, 
Now, what happened to me this weekend? I didn't. I, I was. I, there were so many things that I planned this weekend, uh, but I didn't end up getting around to them because on Thursday I uh, began to feel this sort of uh, lump that was right above my butt crack, no. and uh, I had a bit of. Uh, uh, butt crack fever, and I was uh, that, no, I just that was a Ted Nugent reference, uh, and I said, uh, I said, oh, that feels kind of weird. It felt like a very hard lump, and I felt this lump before because once when I was in New York, um, and I, I I felt that same lump there before, and I didn't know what it was, and I think I was in New York with uh, Aaron Berg, a mm-hmm. uh, comedian, a uh, very funny guy, and. Uh, I tried to complain about it while I was in New York because it kind of hurt to walk around and stuff. And I said to Aaron, I don't know what the problem is with this lump on my back and it's right above my butt crack. I don't know what to do. And he was just like, oh, just have a couple of Tylenols and a couple of beers and you'll be fine. And I was like, thank you, Dr. Berg. And then it uh, then it got really, really bad. And so um, I was able to get a, a semi-earlier flight back to Toronto and I immediately went to the hospital. And uh, when I got into the nurse's room, I showed her, I kind of... Uh, you know, with a single tear going down my face, I lowered my um, my uh, jogging uh, my boxer shorts to expose this uh, big lump, and uh, I guess she'd never seen anything like that before because she gasped and jumped backwards, <laughs> and I was like, and that does not fill yourself with a lot of confidence of like, wow, well, it's it's an impressive thing that I have. So it turned out that it was an abscess, which is quite common, uh, and so they had to cut into it. This is about two years ago. They had to cut into it. And uh, then they had to stuff it with some dressing or something like that. And I hate the word dressing because I immediately think of salads. Yeah. So they had to put this dressing on it. All of the barfing. And um, then uh, basically I just took some antibiotics and it kind of went away enough. And then so last Thursday I was feeling this buildup again and I was pretty sure I knew what it was. And uh, But I did, again, of course I did try to squeeze it and pop it, no. and which you can't do because it's underneath so many layers of flesh. So I basically then I went to the emergency again and they, they cut into it and they drained it. And uh, um, so now I have to keep going. No, for, so for, I have to go back for about the next seven days and I have to see a nurse every day for her to untake, like un... Take out the dressing because it's just like a hollow hole. I hate everything that's happening. Right now? <laughs> I want to somersault out of this cage I'm in. Why? Um, you no. said you were looking forward no, to my gross is, that's story. A, that's a great story. It's not a great story. <laughs> is that it on just your feels Tinder like... profile? <laughs> my which profile? Tinder? Have you downloaded the app? No, it's great. I haven't. I'm afraid it doesn't sound like an online dating thing. Yeah, it's terrifying. No, I don't. Th- I would not put that under my special skills or. Uh, <laughs> Christina intro- Walkinshaw told me to get it. It's terrifying, and it like locates you, and then it's like, who's oh, in your area? I don't want it. I don't want yeah, that. Yeah, don't. But if you ever do, you should put that on your profile. How long? If you hey, think, ladies, if you think something's wrong with you physically, how long will it take for you to go and get it checked out? Oh, I have. I have pain in my hip that I've had for the last two weeks, right. and I won't go until no, I won't be able to walk. Uh, because I, I'm just, I was raised to be like, you're fine until right. you're bleeding yeah. or you're unconscious. Or, um, you know I mean? I, as soon as I knew that this was something that I couldn't live with, and it's so hard to describe it to people, because, and I've been just referring to it as back surgery, which sounds <laughs> bad, Yeah, and it sounds a lot worse than what it is, but... Um, it's just that's the only way I can explain it. That I f- yeah, I feel and like it, it, you're making a great decision because people don't <laughs> want to know about your butt cyst. Well, it's yeah, it is a I guess a butt cyst. I would say abscess, and then people would be like, "What's that?" So I should just <laughs> refer to butt cyst. Um, I, but then oh, then then uh, I had to. Uh, 
And I last time I went in, they asked me to bring a razor. And so there was like some weird old kicked. weird old man on the other side of the curtain who was getting, I don't know if the same thing done, but uh, then he started telling me about all these old movies and these, uh, uh, as she was sort of, so it was a very surreal because she was shaving around where it almost looks like, basically the cut looks like a very small, very small vagina right above my <laughs> uh, butthole. So... Um, but that's basically, you know what? It felt, it felt like a, re, like a, imagine a really hot golf ball that's uh-huh. underneath your skin, and that's how it felt before they cut into it. And so now it, it's like a smaller uh, golf ball. So how long did you wait until you went back the second time? I went back. Well, the first time it happened was two years ago, yeah. and then second time it happened, I just felt the beginning of it, and they gave me antibiotics, and it kind of went away. Oh. And then the third time, which is last Thursday. Um, I waited maybe about three days. Did they say it, it's going to happen again? Like, is this Yeah, they, every time I... But then they said that, oh, you can go to a surgeon and then maybe get, they can do something as well. Maybe. Maybe. Get on it, doctors. <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Comedian Berg was better than you. Well, he told me to have a couple of Tylenols and don't worry about it. But oh this was God. something that I couldn't worry about anymore. I had to get it done. Yeah, and it, it I'm felt, glad you did. Right. And I'll, but it's very hard to explain to people why you couldn't come out to something. It just it hurt, it hurt to drive and it hurt to sit down. These are okay seats because there's a little gap here in the yes, back. Yes, it's, it's perfect for assist. Yes, person, person. <laughs> if there's something wrong with your butt crack at the top of it, especially, then you can lean up and cozy into That's this. That's how chair. they market them, I think. Uh, do they? <laughs> These cool butt cyst chairs. Not just for regular butt cracks anymore. Now, if you have an injured butt crack, get them at the bay. So that's what uh, that's what most of my uh, um, my uh, weekend was occupied with. A lot of lying down on my front. Um, yeah. and, uh, and I find it hard to sleep that way. But... Your junk must just be ready for the break, man. <laughs> <laughs> ready for the break? Yeah, the break from laying on your front. Yeah, I don't know what to do. I don't really, I don't like, I don't like referring to it as junk. Oh, really? Yeah. My Why man, not? my man pieces. Oh, okay. Well, because junk is something you throw away. Yeah. I don't have a spare one to get rid of like, oh, I'm going to throw away my junk That's and then true. I'll get a new one. You can't get a new and one. And butts are called junk in the trunk sometimes. Uh, or they refer to it as the thing. Yeah, no, they okay. do do that. Yeah. I'm struggling with that one, too. Junk in the trunk. Uh, no, a homeless man, man shouted that, that at me once. He said that you had a lot of junk in your trunk? He, well, he was like, I wanted, you're very beautiful. And I was like, that's so nice, thanks. And then I walked past him, and then he said, damn, junk in the trunk. That's, oh. It's not a compliment. No, but some people do look at it as a compliment. I don't like it as a compliment. I saw a girl on a workout show that said that she wants more junk in her trunk. But it's just like saying you have a lot of garbage in your ass. <laughs> Does it? Right. Yeah, but actually, if you say I want more junk in my trunk, that also mean, that could mean that I want a man to put his junk into my trunk. I want a garage sale to get rid of all this junk. To get rid of everyone. all your junk in your trunk? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we can work on that. All right. Um, we have to go to a break, but uh, did you have any thoughts on the royal baby? I think it was born, wasn't it? It was. It's oh. a boy. And what was it named? Uh, it hasn't. I don't think it's been named yet. Oh, no? You know what I was thinking sure. they should name it? What? Trayvon. I think oh, that would put a nice... Oh, that's such a nice... That would be a, put oh, a funny funny spin on it, yeah. Oh. <laughs> or Zimmerman. Could you imagine they went the other way? They're I don't like, know. what. What are the royals' name? last names? Um, I read somewhere today, I don't know if it's true, because the internet, right, yeah. guys? It said the royals don't have to have last names um, just because they're royalty. Oh. They're like the Brandy and Monica. Do they have to get driver's licenses and things like that? No, they don't have to do anything. Oh, okay, good. They just glide I'm glad. Uh, on a, a swan. I, would, I said glad because I thought if they were allowed to run free on their own, they, who knows what shit they would get up to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're... <laughs> 
They can do whatever. Yeah. Uh, we have to go. We are going to come back with uh, Norm Souza, who's going to tell me the uh, uh, correct name of his TV show. Uh, it is Darren Frost is away. I'm in studio with Amanda Brooke Perrin. And uh, at the end of the show, we'll have a Dan Leacop interview from uh, that we recorded in Winnipeg. So we'll be right back. This is Anything Goes for the week of July 24th. Mother effers. Just like Lance Armstrong, what they lack in balls, they make up in steroids. This is Anything Goes. Hey, this is Gavin Crawford. You can follow me on Twitter, at TVGavin. You're listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. On serious accent. They were all voted most likely to be someone's bitch in prison. This is Anything Goes. Hey there, we are back. It is Anything Goes for the week of July 24th, 2013. My name's Dave Martin. We are Darren Frostless this week. Uh, he is out east. He's making, hopefully he's making people laugh and selling lots of merch. That's always Darren's uh, motive, to sell lots of merch uh, wherever he goes. Um, in the studio this week, we have uh, Amanda Brooke Perrin, uh, who is here for the first segment. Uh, we were talking about my... Uh, my, uh, what, what did you call it? A uh, butt cyst. My butt cyst, yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we have uh, Norm Souza in studio. How are you, Norm? Hi, Dave. Uh, <laughs> both, there was, there was a couple questions I didn't get a chance to ask uh, Amanda about. Okay. You have, um... So just wait. Your so, so do you want me to cover it? <laughs> well, we could both, into, we could both uh, contribute. Sure. Ooh, tender. You, you had a blog, uh, now what's the name of your blog, Amanda? Oh, uh, I, it has a name. Yep, it's uh, um, I think it's just Amanda Brooke Perrin at Tumblr dot com. If you want to look at that, okay. I had to sign up for um, uh, Tumblr to read your blog. Really? Yeah, which I, I always thought that. I didn't. I didn't think I had to do that. Maybe oh. I didn't have to, and I just ended up doing it anyways. Oh, the well. um, one of the things that one of the blog postings that you wrote was uh about you had a, there was a, a kid uh, a friend of your uh, a guy that you knew in high school that uh, committed suicide, and he was, yeah. like, the popular dude? Yeah, he was uh, the class clown. His name was Adam, and he was on the improv team before, like, two years before I was I, I came to high school, and um, he was just, like, the best. But I found out about it on Facebook. I hate finding out about <laughs> things on Facebook so much. It was just it was just his obituary, and it was just, yeah, super brutal. Oh. How do you ever remember, like even Norm? Do you remember ever any girls being the class clown? Um, n there was funny girls in my high school, but right. uh, you know, I don't think necessarily they were the class clown. Right. Yeah. I just, I, I've never really known girls to be the class clown. But like you said, I mean, I knew chicks that were funny in high school. <laughs> chicks. But I, okay, well, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think, refer to them as chicks back then. But I don't, I probably shouldn't refer to them that as now, now either. But yeah, I went to a Catholic school, so everyone was oppressed. <laughs> were you the class clown? Uh, yeah, I feel like I was one of them. I definitely wasn't the class clown, but right. I, I feel like I, I was one of the funny ladies. But did you get ever get in trouble for it? 
Uh, oh, one time I was sent to the office for saying I'm a sausage eat eat me eat me, and I was making my stomach move like my my stomach talk. Right. And what do they what do they consider that or, or like a some sexual taunt or no, just I that was know. like an I annoying thing? I drew a face or... on my stomach and oh, okay. I, <laughs> I was making my friends laugh, and then they sent me to the office. Um, Amanda, I hear you've been wasting marker ink <laughs> on your stomach. <laughs> Those markers are for getting high, young lady. <laughs> Sniff them or get out. Get yeah. Out. Did you? And so, uh, like, but I mean, I guess it's always the class clown is you never officially got that title unless you got in trouble for the uh, the laughs yeah. that you gained. Yeah, that's that's true, actually. Yeah, you're right. That you uh, you talk about. Uh, I like this part of your blog where you said uh, that uh, you're going to a therapist tomorrow. I am. Uh, and his name's Leonard, and he's oh, smart, man. and he's Jewish, and he's great. He's so great. What does oh, the man. Jewish? What does the Jewish part? Uh, where does that come in? Okay. Well. Uh, I have a crush on all Jewish men right now. I'm okay. going through a phase. It might not end. We don't know at this point. Ben Schwartz. Do you, do you guys know Ben Schwartz? Oh, I know Ben Schwartz. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he's my celebrity crush right I now. I saw him at UCB uh, about a month ago. Yeah. He's a tender muffin. I want to get in that. Um, he's great. No, but uh, I don't know. Leonard is awesome. I found him on torontotherapy.com, which is That seems so like a sketchy. weird way to get, yeah. It, well, because I didn't want to be like, I didn't want to ask around to my friends, hey, do you... Do you uh, have the number of a great therapist? Well, that, you'd be surprised how many people how many people would be quick to give up oh, that information, especially comedians. For yeah. sure. go to my guy; he's great. Yeah, it's not it's not like it's like a pyramid scheme where I get like some discounts depending on how many people end up going to see my. I don't go see my therapist anymore. This is usually enough for me to get this out. <laughs> I just wanted to find my own path. Did you ever have? I can tell you one very quick suicide moment that I uh, I ha- have recently become uh, medicated. I don't really ever think about uh, suicide anymore, but there was a there was one uh, deep dark um, moment that I was just feeling very I don't know, just a b- constant black cloud over my head, and I remember really feeling like you know this is the end. I don't want to go on anymore. Uh, what's the point of it all? And and then I really thought that I was getting close to doing something about it, and then the thought came into my head. Well, I wouldn't mind seeing Super uh, Spider Man Two. That, that's what, that was the thing that was sort of <laughs> that's like. That's the worst reason to want to live. <laughs> yeah. I, well, but at that time, I was sort of like, I really like Doctor Octopus. I want to see what they do with Spider Man Two. So right, yeah. I'm not going to go and uh, take my life right now. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad you didn't, Dave. Okay, good. I am too. Uh, what is the uh, What's the story with you and uh, the the Mother Up show? Let's switch gears from suicide to the show I'm writing on. Well, uh, I thought we ended kind of ended with the suicide. No, but uh, do you have any thoughts on? Oh no! Have you I, ever gotten close to the uh, breaking point? I was depressed in high school for sure, and yeah. a little bit after that. Um, you know, you'd get your own page in the yearbook if you did it in high school. Exactly. Full oh, spread. Worst. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I just think I just wanted to say I think it's super important for people if you're feeling sad or depressed to seek help or uh, just try and fix it rather than go the other route because people will talk to you about it and and there are people that love you. So just sure. putting that out there. Yeah, no, no. I know if, if Big you, star, the more you know. If you're feeling down, if you're feeling low, there are people you can go and talk to. Exactly. And uh, you should go and look into that shit. Exactly. Um, um, Mother Up. Yes. I'm writing for a show called Mother Up. It's, it's it's like an animated show with uh, Eva Longoria, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's gonna it's like a it's like a adult animated cartoon. and It'll be in the vein of Family Guy and American Dad. Um, Michael Shipley, who is uh, one of the co creators of it, he actually has written for Family Dad and American Dad and or Family Dad, Family Guy and right. American Dad. Uh, and the writing staff is amazing. Like Lori Elliott wrote on it, and Mark McKinney and. Uh, Greg Lawrence and Kyle Mir. It's just a great group of writers, and it's a really funny show. So, 
coming out. Uh, when does it come out? Uh, it was supposed to be the fall. I think it might be winter or spring now. Okay, but, does uh, does can... it have any Seth MacFarlane connection to it? No. Oh, okay. No. But would you watch it and go, it feels like it does? Uh, I don't know. I think our jokes are original and funny and... Um... I, I don't know. I just, I really like it. Like when I was reading the scripts that I did not write, I was laughing out loud and I, I rarely laugh out loud at scripts. So mm, Very cool. Well, yeah. Uh, well uh, yeah, look for that when it comes out. I'm sure you're going to make a big deal out of it on Facebook and the oh, Twitter yeah. and stuff. So. Oh, social media maven over here. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm um, sure you'll make a big deal out of it. <laughs> I didn't mean to say it like that. You did though. But and that's every, the point. But well, as that's, that's, if that's the underlying message from the tone of my voice, then I have succeeded. All right. uh, but that doesn't, but I, they there's, there's very few shows that I watch people on and think to myself, fuck, I wish that I was a part of that somehow, or I wish that I could even just uh, you know watch from Video Village on the set. And one of those shows was the one that uh, Norm does. Oh, yes. And then Please. Uh, what is the name of that, Norm? That uh, I screwed it's, up. It's Never Ever Do This at Home. Oh, Never Ever Do This at Home. Yeah. Right. Uh, now, please, uh, for those who don't know, uh, sure. can you give me a quick rundown of the show and how does it? Uh, what's the premise of it? Uh, I can essentially myself and Teddy Wilson, right. who works at uh, Space mm-hmm. here. Uh, we basically go through household warnings. So if you see, like on your waterbed, it says "Do not overfill," and uh, we're a couple of curious guys who want to see if that warning is legitimate. So we actually. Uh, carry out what not to do so people at home don't have to think what would how much water would it take or what actually would go wrong if I did overfill it. So we're basically doing experiments so the people at home don't destroy their house. Right. You, you guys right. are the Bill Nye of our generation. Yeah, but we're not very smart. So, or, or, uh, or if there were any vandalism icons that we could sort of refer to, it was yeah. like, he is the, you're like the Abbott and Costello of vandalism or something you're like that. You're Bill Nye meets Jackass. Yeah, yeah. We get we get, we get, uh, we get Jackass a lot. We get Jackass and Mythbusters together. Right. Mm. Uh, the only difference is um, I, I think we, the audience can live vicariously through us because we also don't know what's going to happen. Right. Because we're dumb. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's why when you see us, uh, most science shows, you don't see the scientists going, oh, shit! Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we get a lot of that. Did you have any, okay, so basically, like, you're in a, I see that, I've seen the, the, the previews for it, or right. the, and you're, there's a big house. Now, how did you get your hands on that house? Uh, that house actually uh, was set for dem- demolition. Okay. Uh, and it, it had been, no one had lived there since 1995, and uh, when we got there, Insight Productions found the house. Right. Uh, it was uh, filled with with bat shit. And with what shit? Bat. Bat. Oh, bat shit. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and, that's, was, and that's just the ladies' problems, right, <laughs> guys? Right. The uh, uh, lots of tampons and pads with wings and oh, stuff. And lots of all those old all those things. Ladies. Tons leave of behind. naked women running around. <laughs> um, but I, no, it was and then it was a peacock farm, right? So there was peacocks everywhere and. Um, yeah, the asbestos, it was just run down. So they completely renoed this house because um, it was set for demolition. Right, they were right. going to destroy it anyway. Uh, so we paid rent on it uh, for a couple months just, and just destroyed it so you know you wouldn't have to hire a crew to do it. Yeah, yeah for the good sake of television. Yep. Now, did uh, did you guys ever go to parties in like high school where... I never went to a single... <laughs> no, I didn't. I guess no, I went to parties. but this is a special genre of party where the guy would see, my house is getting destroyed next week. They're going to demolish right. it. We're moving out. Yeah, man. My, my folks, man, they, they've already moved. Everything's in storage, man, so we can fuck this place up. <laughs> Who wants to fart in this toaster? Yeah. Well, yeah. no, but like... Like I remember, like people were given baseball bats, and they'd, you know, they. That's oh. not that's not bad to get fart in a toaster, is it? 
Toast is probably going to be <laughs> Find out on season two. Yeah, that's just dangerous for your toast. The, yeah, why is that warning on that toaster? Yeah. The, um, what, this Wonder Bread doesn't come already scented in farts? I'll show those people at Wonder. This toast isn't pre-fart? <laughs> the, um, but uh, uh, people would have baseball bats and, and, like, and crowbars and just, you know, smash the drywall and stuff like that. And then there's always that urban myth of the guy that finds out later that his house is not getting destroyed. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. I haven't been to that party, but I definitely want to go. But I heard of, I, I've heard and I, and I've, I was going through, uh, I was on my way to one of those house parties, and then but the cops are already showing up by the time I right. got there because the neighbors were sort of like, "Someone's destroying the house next door," <laughs> yeah, and yeah. the parent and the cops show up. Well, like if I went now after doing season uh, one of Never Ever Do This, uh, I would destroy it very quickly. <laughs> now, was there anything that you weren't allowed to do on the show that they said oh, this is? By far too dangerous. Uh, and there, you're too stupid to. There were a couple things that the special effects team kind of had to, you know, handle head on, especially when it came to wiring some of this explosive stuff that we used. But towards the end, we were, you know, we were doing a lot of it. We were, you know, uh, setting off the detonators. We were really close to explosions. Right. Um, but yeah, at the beginning, you can see it if you watch the series. At the beginning, you see us uh, in front of Lexan, which is like a, a like a bulletproof plexiglass. And uh, and towards the end, we were just like tucked away behind a tree. Oh my <laughs> you god! Know? So yeah, Norm, was... can I ask you a serious question? Yeah. Do you know fear? <laughs> do, you, uh, do you have any? Not like... anymore. But <laughs> but what was like the scariest stunt that you guys did? Um, the scariest. Well, it's just the the noise. The noise is the, the scariest part. I, I'd say. But we were really close to fire. We did an experiment where we filled. Um, balloons like party balloons with propane and then we oh it was in the God. trailer and then yeah. we, we had put road flares in the cake and then pushed it into the room and <laughs> when it caught the whole room ca- caught fire and we were running out and literally the the ceiling was just covered in flames and you get outside and you're checking your eyebrows and your hair and making <laughs> sure sure you have everything and it's kind of like um like you get like a sonic like wave of heat of heat yes terrified of so when you actually run away from fire it's not like in the movies and it's in slow motion or anything like that well uh, here's a great little um how this works in the opening sequence of the show we run out of the house and there's a big explosion behind us originally that was supposed to be cgi uh and then the the editor came out and was like we kind of have to do it with the real explosion and (laughs) at that time we're like oh okay so um and and that's the the beauty of having Teddy and I being so stupid is uh, we, we don't know how dangerous it is. Right. And they were like, "You're doing stuff that stuntmen wouldn't do," and we're like, "Cool." <laughs> so uh, they 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 set off an explosion at the front of the house. Uh, we we run out, and they're like, "It was a little late. Can you can you like explode it closer to them?" And they're like, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're running out, and the explosion goes off, and I literally see sparks at my feet. And um, you can see it in the opening, but a huge chunk of explosion hits me in the butt. Oh, like, oh my God. It and it didn't form a cyst or anything like that? <laughs> that they had to later cut into and you lost a gig on the I weekend? Can't, I can't feel it with these chairs. Okay. No. Um, Great butts is chairs. That's, uh, that's something that, like, always, that's, like, a very, I mean, it's a very childish show in a cool, interesting way. Mm-hmm. But I think it's something that, like, uh, that, that is only... Like, I don't think boys do that. I mean, when Amanda, when you were a, a, a sweet little girl, did you ever set fire to shit? Or uh... No, I'm sure they exist, though. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. I'm sure there are some arsons that are, that, that are female, but you don't really, uh, you don't yeah. hear about them very much. I think, 
I think just it's it's more um, common for like a a kid a, a a boy right to like chuck rocks at a duck yeah 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 <laughs> or whatever because they're just stupider or, or just or throwing a rock through a window that's always yeah did you ever do anything like that did you ever you know I don't know if I you know I didn't break a window but right. yeah you know you I played with fire as a kid or sure. melt GI Joes with a magnifying glass or whatever but. I remember I took my dad's soldering gun and then I would just sort of like uh, and then I would push the soldering gun through like the chest of some toys and stuff that I oh, had that's a good idea yeah uh, inhale a lot of plastic and I stuff did like a, a hairspray with a sparkler yeah, big flame. Is that oh, one man. Some used... guy did that in high school in my drama class. He was like, "Breath spray is flammable," and then he took a lighter and sprayed into the flame, and it lit a girl's hair on fire. Yep. And it was just like black charcoal, and she was very pale. It was very <laughs> sad. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I'd have to think about it like that. You would be walking around with the smell of burnt hair for quite a while. Yeah. The uh, I, I the only fire shit that I ever got into is I remember like setting like I'd set little fires in the toilet. Oh. Because then I always knew there was like the safety. I'm not always in case Mr. I'm safety. in prison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or no, there'd be like the safety thing of like, oh, if it ever got out of control, I could just flush the toilet uh, and then it would just be gone immediately. Smart. But it was uh, it was still exciting. Mm-hmm. The uh, one of the other things that you have a you have a podcast yourself, yep. uh, Norm and I. Uh, one thing, and it's, uh, do you want to tell the people uh, what it's called? Yeah, it's called uh, Cool Dudes Podcast. All right. Uh, it originally started out as a wrestling podcast, and now it is uh, more of just whatever I want. Right. But yeah, we do a ton of stuff. We do a, se- a segment called First Time Ever where I get someone to do something for the first time ever and we chat about it. We do talk about TV shows and a ton of stuff. And we still talk about wrestling. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, what, one of the things I like about it, it's only half an hour. Yeah. And then that's, I, cause, cause, that's awesome. Like I love, I, I think like an hour is the ideal podcast time because I mean, I love Joe Rogan, but three hour podcast? No, no, I mean, no. I just don't. How do you even sit through yeah. that and in one. I, it shouldn't take me like two days to get through your th- one podcast. Some of my sit down, like the first time ever, ones are forty five minutes. But yeah, yeah. But that's not outrageous. No, no. no. I just started one with Julia Ladkowitz. Tell oh. us all about it. It's called "We're Doing It." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we also do a new thing every week, and then we talk about it on the podcast. And we have guests and stuff. Oh, cool. So we're taking like a hip hop class. I tried tennis for the first time. We're gonna try some weird foods. What's the hip hop class that you took? Uh, we haven't taken it yet. But we're gonna take the one at City. Dance Corpse, because I've heard it's great. Sarah Hennessy and yeah. uh, Stephanie Kellner have taken it. So, do you so are you going to learn to to like sing hip hop? No, no, no. It's like the dance hip hop. Yeah. Hopefully, there's going to be some pop and locking because Mama needs some flavor. Some crunking. Some crunking. No, you have to get what, funky. Now, what is twerking? Twerking. Oh. You, you don't know. Oh. Well, I've oh, seen. We'll I've seen you. people. I've seen people do it in like strange places. Like there was an internet video where this woman is like. Yeah, yeah. So I'm twerking by the frozen fish. I'm twer- twerking by the frozen fish. I'm twerking. Uh, twerking, whatever it is. <laughs> I don't know anything. Uh, I still wish I could have everything uh, on a belt clip and around my waist like Batman. But I, I've oh. been told by many people that that is horribly uncool don't and you do shouldn't that. do it yeah, and don't do it. Twerking. I know that that's not twerking. <laughs> but the but what is what is twerking? I just um, this woman she went around to the whole grocery store and was like, I'm twerking by the meats and I'm like, twerking by the frozen the, foods. It's like a butt movement. Yeah. Yeah. I would it's like say an it's angry butt an grind. An angry butt grind. You are correct. And then pussy popping is a thing. <laughs> what is the pussy popping? I don't know. What does <laughs> I should Google that other than something that you it. pour milk on and uh, hear the snap crackling and popping. It's all it's or all cereal. The rage. Ever ate. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I almost did the uh, that's that cereal smells like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, what, oh, God. The, um, <laughs> which is something I've, I've always had issues with that metaphor. You know the metaphor I'm talking about of the uh, smells like fish and tastes like chicken metaphor? Uh, sure. Okay. I don't, I, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? It, when, when a guy would describe a vagina that way. Oh, right. Right. I just, I never, what, if you were at a restaurant and someone, and you ordered chicken and you came there and it smelled like you would fish and you would send it back, wouldn't you? I would walk away from the conversation. <laughs> you probably <laughs> wouldn't order the chicken in the first I, place or I that item on the menu. I don't go to dinner ever. Okay. Well, not at I that restaurant anyways. The, uh, what is the, uh... Excuse me, my tacos taste like vagina. <laughs> that means they're working. Oh, good. <laughs> that means they're twerking. So what, okay, so uh, you're going to learn to twerk, you're going to learn to crunk? Yeah, I'm. we're going to do that, and then we're going to talk. Our first guest is Chris Locke. Who's oh, it? is he a twerker? Uh, we didn't ask him that, but oh. uh, maybe he'll come on again and I can Can men twerk? Him. Yeah, anyone okay. can twerk if they put their mind to it. And no, is the is the ass cheeks clapping together? Is that like a does that have its own name? That's a booty clap. Yeah, it's making it clap. <laughs> that's just making it clap. It's <laughs> making it rain with your ass. Oh, I don't know does if that's it, the thing. I just didn't. I think make that. it rain is when you throw shit up in the air. Yeah, uh, th- come... three three thirty to forty year old people talking about <laughs> hip hop dances. Yeah. The uh, I'm thanks for tuning in, guys. Everyone. She's twenty five. She wants to separate you're herself 25? from the yeah, old people. You want, oh, it's you're fine. Really, I don't know. Congratulations, that's awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, I've worked really hard for. Congratulations it, so. on something that you have no control over. <laughs> yeah, that's what I always much. think. Birthdays are such a lame thing to wish someone because you really. Have you ever wondered if, like, all of a sudden you found out, like, what year were you born, Norm? 82. Okay, actually, what month were you born? March. Okay. And what if you all of a sudden you found out that you were really born in October? Would that screw you up in any way at all? Uh, I, I feel like I, I would be living a lie. <laughs> yeah. 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 But we imagine that. be assholes. Right. But maybe, I was I December know. 20th. I'd love to find out. That, that you were born was... in like September or something yeah. like that. It'd be awesome. Why would that be awesome? Yeah, get Christmas get... clumped together. Exactly. Right? Here's your birthday slash Christmas gift. Get out of here, brother. Okay. You're my blood, <laughs> and you got me a piece of shit gift. <laughs> get out of here. I never want to see you. Thanks again. for the map. Thanks for nothing, you scumbag. And what you, one of the shows that you uh, that I find you don't hear a lot of guys publicly talking about Norm on your uh, podcast is you talk about the show Girls. Yes. Which just got another Emmy nomination. It did. It did. Um now what uh, what is why do guys have a hard time discussing their love for that TV show? I, I don't know. Um I, I like all TV really. Right. I'll watch anything. Uh, I like that TV show. I didn't really love the second season and I think me too. Well, the second season really got popular, and I, I was vocally saying how much I didn't like it. So I got a little bit of guff, but I absolutely loved the first season. I don't know why. It, it's it's really dumb because it is really the guys on the show are the only like truly likable characters. Right, yeah. Um, because especially in season two. I like Shoshana. Oh, yeah. She, you know, Shoshana yeah, reminds Shoshana me a lot of Christina good. Walkinshaw. Would you ever yeah, make that comparison? Sure. Yeah, she yeah, does. She's a fast talker. The... Uh, I guess, yeah, one of the reasons I like this show is that uh, I've never really seen girls portrayed that way, as mm-hmm. in, like, real people, and they can have, like, comic timing, but they're not, like, they're not, they don't play the fool, you know? It's, right. I have a hard time watching girls sort of make fools out of themselves. Like, I love funny women, and uh, I, I love, you know, girls doing, like, sketch comedy and, and improv and stuff like that. But when you're just, like, this sort of fool spectacle, it kind of makes me a little bit uncomfortable for some reason. Like, yeah. I don't have a, guy, a problem with a guy, like, falling down a flight of stairs, but if I were to see 
a chick falling down the stairs. I don't know if that would be unless I was responsible for it. But. The only the only things I I didn't I, <laughs> I, I would say Lord. about season yeah. two is I get I say I think that it's gratuitous. Like Lena Dunham is topless a lot, and at first I didn't think it was a huge problem, but it happens so often in the second season uh, that I was like, well, now it's it's doing it for the sake of doing it, and it, it kind of like the ping pong scene. Uh, right. Yeah, I thought that was a bit of a pointless topless yeah, moment. Yeah, but there's like. Okay, so the Skechersons, for example, Alex Tyndall, hilarious comedian, a running joke with him is always showing his dick, and it's always funny. People always find it funny. Well, does he make his dick look different every week? Or? No, it's just, here it is, everyone. Yeah, but Al- Alex Tyndall on, on stage doing, during a sketch show isn't presenting a show as, like, real life, right? Like, I, mean, I think they're trying to get an a- a- accurate portrayal of people's lives. And, and I don't know, maybe Lena Dunham does his topless you know, half her life. I think it's kind of funny that it keeps happening because it is a running joke now. It just, well, they're just like, I guess what I liked about the, the only thing that I thought was kind of interesting about the, the, the topless ping pong game is I do think that when you do initially meet someone for the first time and you don't really know much about each other, sometimes mm-hmm. you might be a little bit more open physically Yeah, that you probably might like, you know, probably after you have a relationship with someone, you know more about them, then you might be a little bit, oh, I'm going to put my shirt on rather than like, hey, we just met. Everything's up in the air. Who knows what the fuck's going to happen? I'm going to play ping pong topless. I think it's just the pace of the season, too, because uh, spoiler alert, uh, if you watch a show like Homeland, right. at the end of like even season one, if you're not caught up, I'm sorry. But, you know, you have this double agent who is in love with this woman who works at the CIA right. and he's running for vice president. And you completely believe it, but you know Lena Dunham sleeps with the doctor, and you're like, "Yeah, right." <laughs> you know, I think it's just because that one episode, yeah. kind of just comes out of nowhere. Yeah, I just, I, yeah, I, I it's just whenever I see like a, a commercial for the Heat, and it's Melissa McCarthy, and everyone likes Melissa McCarthy, but yeah. I wish I could see a movie where she wasn't like the I'm the gross out chick. I would right, like to right, see her right. do like a I like does she have to like it would be that movie The Heat with Sandra Bullock if the, if it turned out that you know Sandra Bullock was the one that burped and farted all the time and Melissa McCarthy was the one that was shocked at it I think that'd be a little bit more interesting but I know that the majority of people would like to see Melissa be the one that was like hey man I got to go take a dump it's you know? just like Chris it's Chris Farley syndrome it's okay. just oh he'll be the one that falls on the scene and it will be hilarious etc cetera, etc cetera. I it's, really like Mike Myers in the movie Fifty Four. You yeah, because it's he's just not doing what he normally does. Yeah, the uh, one of the things. So, can you announce what's going on with the the future of your uh, Discovery I, Channel show? I, I can say that we are getting ready for season two. Okay, and it is going to happen. Okay, all right. <laughs> I can't. That's I can't, pretty cool. I can't say that it is because it it. Um, but it is. And now, where can someone see it? Where can someone see uh, the first season? Uh, the first season you can see online at discovery.ca. And in the um, states. In the states, it uh, it was airing on Spike. Right. Uh, you can still see some episodes on Spike.com, but uh, you won't be able to see them all. Okay. For an undisclosed reason. Now I said. Now I, I said that um, that the in the first season you had a renovated or you had a house that's for demolition. Yep. Uh, now I don't know who you would get for the second season, but do you think you could do the similar sort of show, but uh, don't do this? Never, never do this to your body episode oh where like you know you're experimenting with uh piercings tattoos piercings tattoos like what's going to happen like if someone ate a fistful of mentos and then chugged a diet coke what would happen or just like all these things that you know that you're not supposed to do for sure 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we got to. Uh, I got to wrap it up. Uh, we are going to be back uh, for the uh, third segment uh, with the Dan Leacop interview. Uh, and uh, when we come back from that, we'll, uh, we'll say goodbye uh, for this episode with uh, Amanda, Norm, and myself. So uh, we'll see you back here soon. This is Anything Goes for the week of July 24th, 2013. I'm on right back. Guess which host found blood in his vomit and thought, when did I drink all that blood? This is Anything Goes. You're listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin on Cano Laughs on Sirius Exit. M. 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 Lori. I said M. I said M. Guess which host is upset that his death wish did not come true? This is Anything Goes. Hey there. Welcome back from the break. This is Anything Goes for the week of July 24th, 2013. My name's Dave Martin. Uh, we are Darren Frostless in the studio this week. He's uh, out east. He's on tour. He's uh, telling jokes on the stage. And uh, in the studio this week, uh, we had both in the first segment and in the second segment, we had uh, Norm Souza is in the studio and Amanda Brooke Perrin. We got a first. Uh, we are going now to our interview that Darren and I did with uh, Dan Leacop. Uh He's a uh, comedian out of Winnipeg. Uh, this is the first segment of the interview. And if you would like to hear the second segment, it is going to be attached to the podcast. Uh, so listen to that. It's uh, Dan Leacop from Winnipeg while when we were at the Winnipeg Comedy Festival. Here we go. Uh, how you been? Keep it going for everyone else who everyone you Everyone else, yeah. This. How about your yeah. waitresses yeah. who brought you drinks yeah. that made us funnier at home? Yeah, I've been well. I've been very well. Thanks for having me on the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I listen all the time. I'm not just saying that. It's I know you do. Show. I know you do. Yeah, yeah you he do. does. Yeah, big fan. And uh, and w- so what's going on with you these days? I know you're doing a lot of um, sp- uh, more kind of um, kind of not classes, but motivational. Not motivational speaking. What is it? Yeah, I don't know if I'm motivational, but I, I got into doing. Um, I, I do some teaching for like the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers, like right. how to. Use Speaking humor and, yes. and speeches and stuff. So you go there, you do a little bit of your act, then you explain what you did, right? And, and then people go up and do some things. You give them some feedback, and and it's good. I enjoy doing it. And right. I enjoy I enjoy teaching. I enjoy sharing that. So it's kind of a a blending of what I was doing, like in a day job world and right. comedy. So because you all, you always had. I mean, being a father of two uh, two boys, you always kind of kept your foot inside the kind of. Um, corporate world with either a day gig or some kind of, uh, you know, part-time day gig, right, to, to make things kind of I did, needs, yeah, right? I did mostly, and then there was about a two- or three-year period I didn't, and right. I just did comedy, and I thought, all right, this is it, finally, I'm going <laughs> to make it, yeah. Yeah. and uh, yeah, we, you know, our finances took a nosedive, and, yeah. and I was Reality. on the road all the time, yeah. and, and as your kids get older, I mean, you've got kids, and, sure. and I, I actually thought... As my kids got older, okay, it'll be easier to go on the road, but it was worse. 
Like it was really? much easier to go on the road when they're one and two because they don't give a shit. You come oh. home with a gift, it's like yay. Yeah, yeah. But at nine, when you miss their provincial swim meet, yeah, it's oh, a big I see what problem. You're yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. therapy it's not, at thirty five. It's not raising them; it's the guilt associated with being away. Well, it's yeah. harder. Yeah, yes. and and the things are, are more important to them. Like right. the, you know, it's more important if you miss that time. So yeah, yeah, yeah just, they're not going to be like, oh my god, you wouldn't believe. Like a two year old is not going to be like, oh man, you should have been here this afternoon. I did some crazy <laughs> shit for the first time. Dora yeah. got to some trouble man a boots came out of nowhere and where were you yeah 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 so i you know i made a choice that i didn't want to tour and and it's just you know it got to the point too where i just uh i was doing some corporate i was doing pretty well doing corporate shows Mm. but it's the same sort of thing it's just more money you know, yeah. you're still Same driving. Yeah. You're still driving a Weyburn, staying in a shitty hotel, and yep. sitting around all day thinking, "What am I going to do?" You know? Yeah. Now, um, a lot of people know you uh, in North America, in America, more for what you did on Last Comic Standing. Yes. Uh, up here, you 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 had a comedy special. They know you as a stand-up. But on Last Comic Standing, um, how long were you doing stand-up before you did Last Comic Standing? That's a good question. It was 2007, so yep. I had been doing it. Started in '93, right? So, so about 14 yeah, years. Good. Yeah, yeah. So you were, time. you know, established, yeah. you know, a headliner, a lot of time under your belt. Yep. And then instead of now, uh, I know where you go with this. No, no. But what I'm saying is, when you did <laughs> last know. comic standing, yeah. did you do it? Um, did you do your normal stand up first, and then did the character, which we'll get into in a second, or did you do the character first and then, or did you not even do your normal stand up? No, I didn't do my normal stand up because I was told, like in the audition process, you didn't even do it. Yeah, like okay. I had, I had a scheduled audition. Back okay. then, and it was through Nancy Bevan yes. arranged it, and she said that you get you know one audition, and and but she came back and said, look, they're looking for like different kind of acts this year and stuff. So she said, do you want to do the character Mel Silverback? Right. And I said, well, can I do both? And she said, I'll I'll check. And they said no, one or the other, but they really would love to see characters because it's a win win for them. If I'm funny, great. If I'm not, they shit on me, and it yeah, makes, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and to be great. honest, it's a win win for you. Yeah. Even if they shit on you, you got a monkey hat. Right. You don't, no one <laughs> exactly. knows Dan Leak up. Exactly. So I, that's the choice I made. So I and did so, that. And so everyone listening at home, if you didn't follow Last Comic Standing, you can Google uh, Mel Silverback. So uh, Dan went in with kind of like almost like a vaudevillian suit, like a, a suit that's yeah. a little too too small for you. It was like you. a big sort of 70s suit, like it, a little yeah, white yeah, collar. It was, suit, yeah, yeah. And a, and a whole full kind of monkey with paws. I did paws the, the and monkey, the, and the, the gorilla mask, gorilla paws. I had done the character before, though. Like So that, yeah. that wasn't the first time I did it. Right. So, yeah, I, I, had, I had something worked out. For it, so, okay. Yeah. So you did it here in Winnipeg, like at some of the like more alternative yeah. venues. Yeah. Well, actually, Winnipeg Comedy Festival. I had done it uh, that year. I had hosted the what is it, Dark and Stormy? Yep. They called it. So I hosted yeah. that show, and then in Vancouver, I had done some alternative. They had an alternative comedy festival. Yes. Brent but put yep. it on. I remember that. Yeah. So I did that, and so you know, I had I had a, a bit of an act. With it. So you actually made it quite far as Mel Silverback. Semifinals. Yeah. Semifinals, and then I got eliminated, and they called me back. They actually flew me back for the whole thing. I was there right till the end. Right. So, because well, they shot a bunch of B-roll yeah. stuff, and they used a little bit of it, but yeah. But so, I mean, it was like a... Did you struggle with doing a character? Because, I mean, I know a lot of comics, when they start doing stand-up, they're sort of like, oh, no, these are my words. I got to the, they're the purity of them. Because I used to do a character called Glue yeah, Guy. Yeah, yeah, I saw that just for laughs. It was really funny. I And it just kind of, like, were you, like, near the end, did it get hard to 
sell Mel Silverback as a character? Because you know, I mean, you got the mask, and and yeah. there's and it's not the kind of thing that you can break character with. And well, I'm sure in the beginning when you're on Last Comic Standing wasn't hard because it was kind of helping you. But then after yeah. that was over and you were touring, that that's must have when it started getting harder to pull that's off longer sets exactly. as a character. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what it was like. It was I started getting bookings just off of Last Comic Standing, right. and I had to tell them, okay, here's the way it's going to go. Like I'm going to do 20 minutes of Mel or 15, 20, and then I can do a set as myself, and you know I can comment on that character, and, right. and you know they the audience knows it's me. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they don't. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes, like literally, like you get up, you're doing your oh, stand-up, yeah, 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 and they're like, uh, oh. And, and like a couple times, I'd go up and I'd shit on Mel, and people were like, "Ooh, oh, come on, yeah. it's like, come on, what an asshole!" Yeah, yeah. Well, it was but, like a like a Catskills sort of like comic, a very like sticky of just, yeah, yeah. It was like Catskills meets hack meets insult was kind of the yeah, three yeah. things that were there, the three elements. And did you release a DVD as Mel Silverback? I did. You yeah. did, right? Yeah, and yeah. I sold a shitload right away. Then nothing. They're still in my basement. Right. <laughs> it's like, but you should, you, know you, should do? you should pull the audio from it, and we'll get it on XM. I will. Okay. I'm, I'm yeah. serious. Okay. Yeah, and then yeah. you get some sound exchange money. Sure. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that idea. Yeah, we're, we're helpful here, aren't we, There Dave? you go. I, I've yeah. just made money being on the show. <laughs> so. Now, post that, that was in 2007. Yeah. And then, I mean, we've talked on the phone over the last six months a little bit. And one of the reasons I, I, I definitely wanted to have you on here is we talked about the idea of kind of when sometimes when the passion for comedy isn't as strong as it was in the beginning of your career, right. it's hard to keep kind of doing it. Especially when life takes over and there's so many things pulling away from, from yeah, it. Yeah. It's hard to have that energy and fire. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, it's gone for me. Right. You know, I mean, and <clears throat> I admire, I mean, you and I have talked about this. I, sure. I admire the guys who 20 years into it can still say, you know what, I still have stuff to say. And I right. still have to get up there. And there's this new thing I have to share. Right. And I, I get that. But the adrenaline rush. Really? Don't of you go? Get, don't you sometimes go? Come on, man. <laughs> no, I, I get it, but I, I don't need it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like yeah. everything. And and you know, and you know what I hate? I hate the fucking comics who are like, oh no, it was never about you know getting somewhere. I just need to get up and say my shit. So right. Of course, it was about getting somewhere. Oh yeah, right. right. We yes. all wanted to no. get somewhere. At the beginning, I, at the beginning for sure. But I also think it can then kind of not jump over to then at some point you got to say to yourself it's probably not going to get to where i wanted it to go yeah but it takes a long time to get to that too yeah no i understand right fair enough but but then you say to yourself i love it enough that i'll keep doing it yeah i I don't think you love it enough in the beginning i think you're doing it for maybe loving it and trying to get somewhere yeah and then eventually you have to figure out it's not going to go where it's well also when you first start you don't have and i guess sort of starting uh, I guess like starting like mid '90s, you don't really have a grasp of the, or when you first start at any point, you do, you don't have a grasp of like all the the politics and how much bullshit is involved in the business, yeah. and you just think, oh well, if I just keep working on my stuff, they'll find me, yeah. And, and then you realize, funny. and yeah. maybe there yeah. was a time like that, but it's not anymore. Not, e- not anymore. even even mid '90s, it wasn't really like that no. as no. much. But no. I mean, it, but so it's like when I know when I first started, I was doing it for like a year, and I thought. I used to have a joke about playing a practical joke on someone taking a shit in their litter box. Right. And, oh, and all the wacky hilarious that would go on with that. And I, when I first started, I thought, oh, man, I'm going to be doing that joke on Letterman. And yeah. then after a while, you're sort of like, oh, maybe. And then you're sort of like, then you're like oh, man, well, how do you actually get on Letterman? You know, then you just say, oh, well, the Letterman people will find me one day. They'll and find then, you, yeah. Yeah, and then you realize, well, you know, after like 10 years or something, 
well, maybe I got to look at finding them, too. Yeah. You know. I remember well, there's a comic. His name is, uh, well, yeah, I'll say Dylan Mendelson. And he was uh, like an 18-year-old kid in Windsor. And uh, I was headlining the club. And he watched me. And he thought I was amazing. And wow. And he goes like, well, how come you haven't been on Conan or Letterman? <laughs> and I go, what, what do you mean? He goes, come on. You just, you just call him up, right? Yeah. Yeah, you that's just how call you do it. And I literally said, yeah, that's what you do. Yeah. I just I haven't had a quarter. Do you have a quarter? <laughs> and he literally was like, I think I got a quarter. I'm like, no, no, Dylan, it's not how it works. You know? It's like, it's... I'm going to send jokes to The Tonight Show. They're yeah. going to use them, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah know, back it's... in the 90s. A contributing writer to The Tonight Show. I used to love that credit. Oh, it's yeah, like, yeah, 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 I sent in a joke. They yeah, one, one it toilet in. joke. They used it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the other thing is, at, as we all know, it's about choices, too. Sure. And, and at some and point. And what you give up. Yeah, at some point you realize if you want to get on Letterman or if I want to get on Letterman, I'm not going to get on it sitting in Winnipeg. I'm yes. not going to get on it touring the Yucks clubs for yes. eight years yes. like I did. I'm going to have to go somewhere, yep. L.A., New York, somewhere, start yep. at the bottom, make some friends, make some contacts, Absolutely. showcase Get told I'm shit yep. again, and especially because this was pre-internet. I mean, yeah, the whole well, internet boom hadn't it's all happened. Changed now it has it has changed a little bit. I still don't believe that you know uh, things have changed to the point where you don't have to go to New York or L.A. I agree, um, but I, agree. I still think uh, you. It's probably in your best interest to try to get there uh, as a young comic if that's um, what you want to do. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and if you're if you want to make a living at comedy and you know tour on the road. You don't have to go there. No. But but I guess at some point for me, and it sounds naive, but at some point for me, you know, 15, 17 years into it, I'm like, holy shit, I made the wrong choices for what I really wanted to do, which right. was to get on Letterman, to write on a TV right, show, yeah. and I'm fucking sitting in Winnipeg, right. or I'm sitting in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, or... and you're, you're like 37, and, <laughs> right. you know, every or person you, you look at the credits, you know they're like some 23-year-old kid, you right, know, or, right. you know, sitting in a room in New York City for 12 hours, pumping out 100 jokes a day. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's, that's what it takes. Yeah, because I know for like for myself that, uh, yeah, you, and I still do get a bit of a, a rush being on stage and, and getting those uh, laughs. But, um, and I think also in the beginning you're you're always sort of in this constant state of like, am I funny? I got to go out and prove it myself. Right, I got to get right. get the approval of these strangers. And then also I think after a while you're sort of like, well, I know that I'm funny. Yeah, and either killed in front of a crowd enough crowds uh, and then bombed in front of enough crowds. To get to the point where you start like, you know what, I the opinion of these strangers doesn't mean as much as it used to me right. to me. Right. And so now there is a part of me that sort of almost likes doing the radio show a little bit more because I can just uh, talk and I can be funny and I can yeah. say whatever I want to say. And it's not like I'm like if things aren't hinging on whether I get feedback from you know people. Yeah, shit. Ted in Iowa, he, he either they either like it or they don't like it. But you don't get that immediate kind of boo, yay. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it doesn't. It doesn't. That rush doesn't mean as much. I mean, I still, I still I get a kick out of it when yeah. it goes well. Sure. <laughs> but and, and I do too. I, I get a kick of the adrenaline rush of being on stage. You still jump stuff, up on it like at rumors or a comedy. I haven't at the been comedy up there clubs. for a while, but right. you know, I'm not ruling it out altogether. Right, right, right. Yeah, you know, and, and a corporate show. I'll, I'll do that once right. in a while, but. But I mean, like I, I, I kind of wonder, like the guys that just can walk away from it immediately, like completely, like do they ever stop writing jokes? And well, it's like uh, we've talked about before. There's the documentary I Am Comic, yeah, uh, with uh, about Rich Scheidner, and uh, we're hopefully going to have him uh, through a phoner on the show. But you know, the, the documentary was good. But the thing I found the most interesting is there's a, a very small part of it where they interviewed comics in their fifties who actually had quit, right, and why they had to quit. 
I found maybe it's because I'm almost there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I found that more interesting than well the compulsion. We all need to do it because I mean you know I already get that you know I've already yeah. been through that. But I haven't been through the idea of you know what you know Darren you're gonna have to eventually stop doing this. Yeah. You know at some day or some point. You and, know? and to me it's a gradual thing. Like it's not a cold turkey. It's like yeah. okay I, I decided on you Taps know off. March third I'm finished. It's like no you know what it, it started okay I'm not gonna do clubs anymore. Because right. I don't want to be away from my kids for five days and sit in a shitty hotel in Calgary. Right. Then corporates, I'm going to pick and choose. You right. know, like a corporate in Flin Flon, Manitoba, where I have to drive. No. And then, you know, it starts, it starts being smaller and smaller, what I'll do and what I'll accept. Right. And then branching into how can I use comedy to do something else. Yeah. Like, you know, like your radio show, which right. is great. Right. You can reach an audience you'd never reach. Right? Well, yeah, my, my what I always liked about podcasting and, and, and radio in the first place was like, that you'd go to these amazing shows and there would only be six people there. Yeah. And you just thought, this this isn't right. Like, no. more people should be here watching this right now. Plus, and- it doesn't go past those six people. Like, radio shows or podcasts are out there forever. You know, right. if, if I die right. tomorrow in, a, in a, some fire or a car crash with Dave, um, oh, you know, God. Dave driving. You. Dave, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dave, that's why I want to go out. Yeah. Come on. Uh, but Come on. if that happens, at least there is something left. Right. You know, there's a lot of comics for decades. They toured and there's nothing left about them. Okay, that was the interview that we did at the Winnipeg Comedy Festival, both Darren Frost and myself uh, with Dan Leacop. Uh, like I said, if you want to hear the rest of the interview, uh, there's another good 20 minutes of it uh, that's going to be attached to the podcast of this episode of Anything Goes. And um, before I get out of here, Amanda and uh, Norm, please tell us where people can find you in the great wild wild world of Internet. Uh, okay, we'll start with me. Yes. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Norm Souza. You can go to my website, normsouza.com. And if you want to watch Never Ever Do This at Home, it is uh, repeating a bunch on Discovery uh, Mondays at 9. Yes. Uh, but you can go to discovery.ca slash never ever do this at home and find episodes. Oh, man. It was, it's an excellent show. I recommend anyone uh, to uh, watch it and uh, learn something from it. And Amanda, where can we find you? Yay. Follow me on Twitter. It's the best. Uh, at Brooke Perrin. <laughs> Brooke with an E. And uh, I'm on YouTube. I have a web series called Women at Work with Auntie Donahue, also hilarious. And uh, I have a podcast with Julie Ladkowitz. You can find it on iTunes. It's called We're Doing It. I I only know Auntie Donahue from uh, Facebook. We're only Facebook friends. Really? I think we may, She's we hilarious. might have crossed paths in like a comedy venue, but She's I very can't funny remember. funny on Twitter. She... Yeah, we're uh, going to Calgary this weekend to do Folk Festival and run a panel. Oh, far out. Well, enjoy that. Thanks. Go, if you're in the greater Calgary area, you can check out Amanda. It's going to be on a panel. Yeah. Go check her out. Uh, <laughs> and uh, what else can I say? I want to thank uh, both of my guests for coming in this week, uh, both Norm and Amanda. Next week, uh, Darren Frost will be back. I believe I will be back, too. And our, uh, our guest for that week is going to be Daryl Orr and Mike Wilmot. So come down and check that shit out, man. Uh, and uh, until next time, uh, be good to yourself and each other, but mostly yourself. Okay, good night, everybody. Bye. That's it for this week. Anything Goes wants to thank Victoria for producing the show and George Westerholm for the music used. Follow the hosts on Twitter at Comedy Whore at Dave Martin World. Download new episodes every week on iTunes. Join the Facebook group and follow the show on Twitter at Anything Goes Hot. Anything Goes hopes you laugh, cry, and learn something. Come back next week. And until then, take it easy.
Hey there, everybody. Listen, to, uh, thanks for uh, listening to the uh, podcast uh, this far. We are going to have the last 20 minutes of the Dan Leacop interview uh, that we had. I want to... Hey, Norm, Amanda, you're still in the studio. Say hi to everybody. Oh, hey. Hi. What's up? We were looking at pictures of dogs. Pictures of dogs? Little muffins. Little oh. tender muffins. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she bakes dogs into muffins. Mmm. <laughs> mmm. Muffins. Mm, chewy shepherd. Shepherdy good. <laughs> the, uh, what would be the... Have you ever looked at a dog and thought, I, if I had to eat that one, I would? Oh, I eat my dog all the time. <laughs> like I put his face in my mouth, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I don't physically chew. But you have I, the cutest dog in the world, though. I used to have a friend of mine that would put his entire mouth over his dog's snout and mm. then breathe inward. And then his dog would start, his eyes would bug out because I think it was, you know, getting deprived of oxygen. That's terrible. That is terrible. You but, should not have a But dog. then it would be okay. I mean, the dog, it wouldn't kill the dog. I'm sure the dog would start struggling if there was any, in, in, any real danger. Yeah. But it never was. I don't think so. Anyways. Well, we'll never know. <laughs> never know. I don't talk to him anymore. I hope he still has a dog. Yeah. If he, if he doesn't, it's probably for the best. I hope he still plays it like an instrument. Yeah. <laughs> like a tuba or something. Yeah. All right. Uh, anyways, and uh, we are going to throw now to the last 20 minutes of that interview that Darren and I did uh, while we were at the Winnipeg Comedy Festival. So here we go. It's a thing. Like, it's not a cold turkey. It's like, yeah. okay, I, I decided on you Taps know, March 3rd, I'm finished. It's like, no, you know what? It, it started, okay, I'm not going to do clubs anymore. Because right. I don't want to be away from my kids for five days and sit in a shitty hotel in Calgary. Right. Then corporates, I'm going to pick and choose. You right. know, like a corporate in Flin Flon, Manitoba, where I have to drive. No. And then, you know, it starts it starts being smaller and smaller, what I'll do and what I'll accept. Right. And then branching into how can I use comedy to do something else. Yeah. Like, you know, like your radio show, which right. is great. Right. You can reach an audience you'd never reach. Right? Well, yeah, my, my what I always liked about podcasting and, and, and radio in the first place was like, that you'd go to these amazing shows and there would only be six people there. Yeah. And you just thought, this this isn't right. Like, no. more people should be here watching this right now. Plus, and- it doesn't go past those six people. Like, radio shows or podcasts are out there forever. You know, right. if, if I die right. tomorrow in, a, in a, some fire or a car crash with Dave, um, oh, you know, God. Dave driving. You. Dave, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dave, that's how I want to go out. Yeah. Come on. Uh, but Come on. if that happens, at least there is something left. Right. You know, there's a lot of comics for decades. They toured, and there's nothing left about them. Yeah. There's yeah. just no. They didn't put out a CD. They don't have a DVD. They have nothing. Right. No TV credits even sometimes. Now you everyone know? has a CD and DVD. Of course they do. So that's that's and the other thing well, too is you know, I hate to sound side. like the bitter old comic, but it's I have a hard time. Going to like a comedy room now with a bunch of new comics is like, oh yeah, I'm taping a DVD next week. It's like you just fucking started, I right? Know. Like, yeah. What's your DVD gonna I have know. on it? Well, and, well, it, you know, it's sort of like the idea of like, oh man, I'm gonna release an album, yeah. and you're sort of like, well, but you're recording yourself, and you're gonna release it yourself. Like, yeah, right. It doesn't. I mean, right. that sort of illusion of just like, no, I'm. You're making a DVD, you know, so yeah. your buddy of yours is going to shoot with a video camera and then you'll go to iMovie and make a couple the of discs. First, my first DVD I released in 2006, and at, uh, by that point I'd already been doing stand-up for 14 years. Exactly. At the rate that these young comics are doing, they'll already have eight DVDs out by Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they'll be like George Carlin. Yeah. Right? Other right. oh, specials. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like, yeah, it took 14 years. I mean, that model's been talked about to death. Yeah, it takes yeah, a certain number of years yeah. to get the first 45, and then the other ones may come quicker. But, yeah. Yeah, we do live in a very accelerated culture. It's like Davis brought up many times. It's like all these comics, they have like an hour on YouTube. And it's like, you don't, you shouldn't have an hour on YouTube. No. You shouldn't have anything on no. YouTube. Yeah. yeah, I know. And and I feel for them in some ways because 
that's almost the accepted thing now that you have to put up a set and you're not ready and yeah. you're going to get shit on you know yeah. everyone's going to comment and yep. and we were you know we were in obscurity for years sure. we were touring around and all it was was some you know veteran comic from Calgary saying nah, he's funny to right. you know to the office or not yes you know? yes so yeah. it's like you, you know you you could be you could learn yep. without people shitting on Or you. certain comics in the office, he's not funny, but they are funny, but they run the thing out there. And, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And they, we know, we they know brandish a big whip. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we know that comic. Uh, Dave's yawning. Dave hit it pretty hard. Um, yeah. No. This is a long... Yeah, we've been here for five days. We've yeah. taped, I think, 18 interviews. Wow. Uh, the live show. It's it's been yeah. uh, it's been quite well, good. and then after parties and things like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah but he's more tired because the after parties. Yeah. Well, but you know, <laughs> and I always say it's, it'd be funny, and I would never ever do it myself. But if you actually went to a comedy club and uh, you and you knew the guys were just in town to do that one club, they're you know on they're on the road and stuff, and if you watch them on the Thursday night and then you watch them on the Friday late show about yeah. like the gradual like you know on the Thursday night they're like hey hey how's it going everyone and then on the on the uh, the the, uh, the Saturday Late Show, they're like, oh, let's just get this shit over with. <laughs> yeah, it's like, let's get the whoa, fuck out right, of this town. Let's go. Check in the watch. And yeah. that's that's another thing, too. It's sort of like I I try not to do shows just for the sake of doing them. I, I really try to do shows that I just kind of want to do, yeah. even though there's some yeah, – just the idea of – of getting a, or about to go on stage, and I, it makes me uncomfortable to have that. Uh, let's get this shit over with. Yeah, you because know, this is supposed to be something fun that I enjoy. Right. And but I mean, uh, that's also wow, when you. I, that's I that's, that's also when you realize that also I, it's a job. I, I, I there's still a lot of shows. I go. Let's get this fucking thing over with. Yeah, but then now it's a job, and it's uh, a job. Yeah, I know it's a job, yeah. but in the beginning it's not a job, and you kind of have more fun with it. Well, yeah. But then, uh, yeah, once you but start, for, even for me now, I wish you know I could lie and say, oh, I know all the shows I do. It's like, oh, this is great. This is it. This is why I do it. But, but like, maybe ten percent are like that. Yeah, but yeah. you got well, but you're getting paid for it, so you got to walk through it. Yeah, yeah. no, I know, I know, yeah, I understand that. You like but, it or not? But you just Dave's right. That's you, the job aspect, right. right? And that's when you you have to step on the stage for the hour. Yep. And give the audience what they came for, yep. which right. is a show. Yeah. And, and you owe it to them, you know. Like, I mean, oh yeah. I, that's like I've got so many pet peeves about the comics today. But this sort of attitude that, well, it's just about me. Like, you know, that you, they get a, the alternative, not that all alternative comics are not funny, but no. I mean, just sometimes I'll see this perspective that it's like, well, it's just about me, you know, and if you're not coming along for the ride, fuck you. It's like, you know what? If you're a pro comic, it's not just about you. Right. You're getting paid. Not that you have to pander, right. but you got to, you got to like wake up for the hour and yes. do your show yes. to the best of your ability. I will I will play devil's advocate on that though. I will say there like I've done what you just said, but what has happened is I will try for about twenty to twenty five minutes of the hour. Right. And if they're drunk and belligerent, they're just quiet. Whatever. Yeah. But when you know you're playing a show and they're drunk and belligerent, nobody's doing anything, I almost do become that that negative of like, fuck this, let's I'm gonna do something crazy now right. because my attitude is I really don't want to come back to that venue. Sure. Which isn't fair to some people in that crowd, but at the same time I think for me it's the only thing that keeps me sane to be able to do the next show. Right. But you try. No, I, I know. You that's don't a big go difference. in with the attitude. That's three that, minutes in, yeah. fuck you, people. Well, sure. that's. I mean, but you know, it's sort of like the the, well, the internet and, the, and and shit like that. And people have this new perception of comics that like like guys like Patton Oswalt. Right. They just think, oh well, well he doesn't play comedy clubs. He plays rock venues. Right. <laughs> but, but that's after him doing like comedy, comedy clubs, clubs for like for sixteen years. years. Yeah. yeah. 
and and emceeing and featuring and you know people yeah. forget that or the newer well the other example is Doug Stanhope that. everybody wants to be Doug Stanhope right, you know, Doug right. Stanhope is great <laughs> but a lot of people forget that Doug did clubs for many years yes and then said I can't do it here anymore but he right. learned or saw comedy and club situations for a long time and you know it's almost like you know you can't go to university without going to high school right yeah you know yeah, and, exactly. and it's the same thing. Maybe comics can you know, do as long as Doug did in the clubs. Maybe. So their high school yeah. isn't as long. But I still think there's a benefit to it. But you can't bypass it entirely. Right. Or I haven't seen anyone. Does any, do you know anyone? There is. In L.A. and New York, there's a system where you can do it. You can just don't do clubs. You can play all their venues. But in Toronto and Canada? Yeah, but, but also tough. there's so many other venues in like New York but and that's what L.A. I mean. that, in those right. epicenters, yes. But in Toronto, you'd be very hard-pressed to find a comic that's making a living – yeah, who didn't do the club system, whether right. it's Yucks or the other clubs, or in the, in the U.S. Do you think you'd find someone who gets a Letterman or a Conan who hasn't done the clubs or hasn't at least doesn't have the chops to? Yes. Yeah. 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 Really? Because I remember, I remember back even in the early thousands, they'd have a Just for Laughs. They'd have um, the young. What's the young sh- The Young Gun Show. It was um, new faces, new faces, yeah. right? And yeah. I remember not many comics, but comics when I was there. I did it in two thousand five. I met a comic who openly said to me, "I've never played to people more than thirty people in a coffee house." Oh, really? Wow! And their venue that year was like a couple hundred people, and the, yeah. the person was nervous. They're like, "I've never," but that's you know a lot of that's like you know I share the same manager as X, so they're bringing me along, and, right? And, and, right. But it's still possible because if the TV person's in that, you know, and then boom, they get through. So it is possible. Is it likely? No, probably not. No. No. Well, yeah. And then the reward of getting a Letterman <laughs> or a Conan is you get bookings in clubs, and right. then you Which go to you the can't clubs pull the and time. you shit the bed. So, What's well, like Margaret Cho you was know. a very uh, good example, and she's pretty honest about it. When she got her first big TV show, she's something. I think she had like fifteen minutes tops. Really? But you know, she went and had to headline. She did Yucks and some yep. other ones, forty-five minutes to an hour, and it didn't go well. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it took her years of in LA and playing these alternative venues and other venues to build up material to then go out on her own. I mean, she didn't do it through the comedy clubs. On the second try, on the first try, she did. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people too that might say that uh, that you know when you, you pl- playing to your fans isn't the same as like going up as some this anonymous person that's oh, telling absolutely. jokes, right? Yeah. yeah, but I mean, uh, and I I think like I don't know. I mean, would you rather is is there still do you still get something out of just being a guy on stage, or would you like to play to your your crowd? I'd like to play to a crowd that wants to see the kind of comedy. They don't have to be my fans. Why don't? Wouldn't you eventually like them to be your fans? Sure, eventually, of course. That's yeah. the, the golden dream. But I don't have you know illusions of grandeur. I just want people that want a certain kind of comedy. Right, right, and, right. And playing to your fans sometimes can be too easy. Right, but then again, if if you have these words and you don't want to, you just want to tell them to the people that uh, want to hear them. Yeah. Then you don't want to have to distract someone from their nachos. Do you want people to be there? for you well yeah of course yeah, yeah. yeah i'm just saying that like some people might be like hey you know what i do i go up on stage every night and i oh, i win those. over these people they don't know who I, but i become friends with them by the yeah, end of the night those yeah. are hacks and then <laughs> but and then and you then talk like that but then, yeah, then there are people that are sort of like no you know hey no i just like to be playing to my people right. and yeah. they might not see it as much of a skill but hell i, I don't want to have to win people over right but, you i know. mean you know the high school university analogy that's a good one because all of us at some point have to get funny enough to make a crowd of strangers laugh because right. you're, you're not going to get past a certain point right. yeah. unless they can drop you in as a middle act and you're going to do well and then as a headliner do well 
But then you want to find the audience that really appreciates who you are and yeah. the type of comedy you do. I remember once I, I opened for uh, Wayne Fleming and just a seven-minute set. This is like in the early 90s. Right. And I bombed. Yeah. Like bombed. And I had the funny clothes on. If you Google me and funny clothes, you'll see some video. I put it up there because I'm a narcissist. Anyways, um, and I did a joke. And then I watched Wayne as the headliner. Yeah. And Wayne did that joke. What? Okay. Well, uh, yeah, okay. Okay, oh, okay, so, okay. did the joke. There's more. And, and I'm There's like, more. And, and, okay. but my first reaction what? was exactly what yeah. you did. But he's but, he'd been around forever. Okay, then. but what yeah. he did was he did my joke. I'm like, what the fuck? And the crowd laughed at it, and he right. actually stopped the crowd and said, see, I want, to, I want to explain something to you. That first young comic did that joke. That was a funny joke. Wow. You missed that funny joke. Okay. And then he went on. First of all, I didn't do the joke well, obviously. Right, right. You know, I didn't have the confidence or the, the swagger. And he had the skill and, he had the and skill, the experience. But at yeah. least it showed me. It's like, you know, uh, there is a, a possibility here. Right. You know, but you're, they're going to judge you, the crowd, sometimes in a certain way. And that's kind of out of your hands. Yeah. You yeah. know, and that kind of taught me. It's like, oh, well, maybe this is, you know, my jokes are good and, or whatever. But at that point, I thought, it was, you know, I sucked. Hmm. Do you, do you guys uh, have you ever seen that website connectedcomedy.com? No, no. You should check it out. It's it's this guy who, I forget his name, but uh, Josh Spector maybe, and it's uh, like a marketing sort of thing for okay. comedians and how to like grow your fan base and stuff. It's pretty interesting, but right. some of it is you know kind of you know you look at it very like one of the scheming. things. Well, yeah, one of the things is you know that the the goal starting out should be find your niche. Find your audience, and yes, that's true. I think, but I don't know how do you do that without getting, you know, without being funny to a larger group first? And I think what's happening with some of the younger comics is they're bypassing it, going, oh, "Okay, I'm only funny to guys with pierced eyebrows and <laughs> you know neck yeah. tattoos right. who like fucking snakes." And yeah. you know, <laughs> that's my thing, man. And it's like. That's not what comedy is, because you know, like you've done some well, that, comedy that's classes like, yeah. and stuff, sure. and I have, and I tell them, sorry, but you got to be funny tonight to the crowd tonight. Well, it's, it's, even if there's no fucking neck tattoos there, you got to be funny. Yes, yeah, that's kind of like uh, the equivalent of like being funny for your friends, right? Like yeah, if, exactly. if 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 you only want to play it a little, then just go and get your buddies around a picnic table. Well, there's also right. the old adage uh, about you have to learn the rules, right? So then so you, you can, can forget them. the rules yeah. or break them. I guess this guy's coming from the perspective of like music which makes sense like if you're a musician you don't say okay i hope country fans like me and punk rock people like me it's like no i'm a country act yeah. so obviously you know thrash metal people hate me but i, I find yeah but a lot of times people what they do is they take <clears throat> applications for other forms of entertainment and just kind of throw it on comedy doesn't think it'll really work. apply yeah. and it may work it may it may make sense on a general term but when you really start thinking about it it's like there's a lot of holes in in that kind it's of a lot theory of holes. yeah you know? i agree uh, I think you know. Were you gonna say something, Dave? I was just. Well, I was, I was gonna say where the rush that you used to get from the gratification of strangers on stage. Where where do you get that now? Or is right. that something yeah, that for question. me? Yeah, yeah, but but I mean, you know, some people are happy enough in their own life that they don't need it. Yeah, and then but then there's other other people that still need to get that yeah, from yeah. somewhere no, else. That's a very good question. I would say right now I don't need it. But yeah, I'm not ruling out the possibility that at some point I'm gonna need it again. Like not to the same extent. 
but at some point I yeah, want to go up on stage and get a rush. Yeah, but you know when your kids get older and you know they're out with maybe. your friends and it's like a Thursday night, you might say, you know, I'm like, let's go down to the yeah. club and maybe do a couple of minutes. Part of it's a community too. Like I, I honestly miss Toronto for that because right. I had peers there, right. like, you know, yeah, guys yeah. I knew, like you guys who were my, my peers and yep. Mark Walker and who I started with. Whereas now it's all a younger generation, yes. and, and there's some good guys there and, and funny women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just don't know them, and they're at a different stage, right? They're at that stage where everything's exciting. Yeah, though, I, full I, of hope. Oh, yeah, full of hope. And, oh, man, I hope I can get the homegrown. And, yeah. You know, like, they're just full of I hope, hope you know, I can do opening spots at Rumors if yeah, I, you know, yeah, pat them on the back a few times. And, you know, yeah. maybe some comic will take me on the road in Saskatchewan. It's like, holy shit, yeah, I've done that. But yeah. I, I remember seeing Mike Wilmont uh, teach, like, a little class before an amateur night at, at Yucks Ponce, and he... And which is something that, like, I think it's what he said was very important. And I, but I also think that a lot of uh, younger guys don't do it anymore. Is that he said that when you're first starting out, it nothing really counts. So those are always the time you know try to do is like do as many crazy characters on on stage. Yeah, take you know, risks. Yeah, take yeah, take risks. Do characters on stage. Uh, try out all these different crazies perspone. Uh, per, I can't. I can't talk anymore. Personas on yep. stage, right? And uh, and 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 feel what works for you. But I think now it just comedy seems to be uh, seen as a lot more as a career, and not so much as a uh, art uh, uh, an art form that you get into and eventually evolves into a career. Yeah, and I think people go into it as a career, and then so then they, as soon as they lock on to one voice. That that they stick with that, and there is uh, there isn't as much uh, gr- growth. I mean, that's why I still find it amazing that like you had that, you had all that stand up before you, and then you brought out a character sort of later on. Yeah, and yeah. And, it, and it's funny that that was sort of one of the big highlights. Uh, as that the character as far as your uh, your comedy career went but it was tough like what you're saying about the character and and you've done characters as well like it's tough because on the one hand it was so much fun and so liberating because it was different and it was a different side of me but on the other hand you are thinking okay shit 10 years from now am i driving around with a fucking gorilla mask everywhere (laughs) and and i'm thinking you know at some point i came home and my sons were playing with them there no don't Rip the mask. Yeah. That's Daddy's <laughs> moneymaker. And they're like, "What?" It's like that's my mask. <laughs> well, even for me, I, used, I was a character comic for my first yeah. couple of years, and uh, people always ask me why did you stop. Well, first of all, you know it was very kind of hacky for me, but I remember. You uh, know, just your things fucking up. Oh wow, this is not good. Is that better? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. Um, one of the one of the things is that uh, I remember being in Saskatchewan and I got on stage and I was on stage for less than two minutes of a forty minute opening set right. and someone yelled "nice pants faggot," <laughs> right? And I'm like, "Well, there's nowhere to go now. No. It's not like I can." And I and I'm ha ha ha. Yeah. Well, you yeah. got to get out of ha ha ha. The character to go what? Right. Nice right. pants faggot. Yeah. Well. I'm stuck here in these funny do? pants. You can't all of a sudden go, hey, man, what the fuck you do? I come to your office and knock the cuck out of your mouth. Right, right. You got to keep going, ha, ha, ha. These are faggot pants. You know, there's nowhere to go. That does sound like a Ted Nugent song, though. Uh, nice pants, faggot. <laughs> <laughs> a Motor City yeah. man. Yeah, with a giant picture of Piers Morgan on the crotch. Do you bother telling people, like, I mean, if you're not doing stand-up as much, so when you're just out, like, socializing, uh, yeah, that you, people, that do, you do, did do, do it? Do you bother or... bringing up the comic thing? 
most of the time they know. Oh, because, okay. Yeah, right. I mean, it, you know, it's a, Winnipeg's a small city that way. But also, I mean, just because I've been doing it long enough that there's enough out there on YouTube and on right. the website that someone – and, you know, a lot of my friends' sons think it's cool that I did it. Yeah. But, again, the other thing is, you know, as I'm sitting there with the gorilla mask, I'm thinking, okay, do I want to be this fucking dad who's in the gorilla yeah. mask? Dad, dad, go put your mask on for my friend. Right, yeah. thing is when I was on the show, when my oldest was in – I think he was in grade two. And we go, like, for parent-teacher and, you know, very serious. And, you know, your son's a bit of a joker and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, I wonder where he gets that. And then she goes – my husband loves you on Last Comic Standing. He thinks you're the funniest thing. I'm like, yeah, yeah, the gorilla mask. Let's get back to talking about my son's <laughs> yeah. shitty behavior, yeah, and where he could skills. get that. Yeah. And you know what it's like sitting there with your wife. My my wife's like burning a oh, hole yeah. in the side of my head just staring at me. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's going to be fun to talk about. Yeah, I, I, I worry because uh, my I think some of my um, – my kids' parents are starting to Google me. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, that kind of brings along yeah. a certain kind of baggage. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I don't yeah. think they're looking at me very highly at the school yeah, that my kids yeah. are at. Cause it's a Catholic school. <laughs> I, I, I don't want them at a Catholic school. Catholic school. There's only so many fights you can have with your wife, and yeah, you got to pick yeah, your fights. Yeah. So, hey, yeah, you know? I know. So I think a lifetime of guilt for my kids is worth me not having an argument with my wife. <laughs> uh, well, should we uh, we kind of got to uh, wrap this up. Wrap this up. Yeah, lie right. down in the corner. Yeah. But well, if people want to yeah. get a hold of Dan Leacock, what's the best way for them to do so? Are you on Twitter? I am Facebook? on Twitter. I, I very seldom use it, but it's okay. uh, at Dan Leacop, D-A-N-L-I-C-O-P-P-E. So, yeah, you can send me something. Maybe yeah. I'll respond. I, yeah. don't know. I don't know how to use Twitter. I'm not one of these guys Well, you wait till someone like says something and then you answer. Or, yeah, yeah, okay. Is that what you That's do? That's how you yeah. do it, yeah. Do what you do you do, Dave? You, you wait for someone to send something to you and then you answer it? Isn't that what you do Twitter? Uh, if someone mentions me, I always re- retweet it. Yeah. Right. So a lot of the tweets that I have are just retweets of other. I got one yesterday. And, promo- and promoting the show. Yeah. And promoting the show. But do you, do you feel it. a pressure to be like funny on Twitter no, every day? I don't like, because there's these guys who no. you know like get a name for it, right? Yeah, like, uh, that's like, true. What's his name? Delaney or something? Rob Delaney? Or, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. I saw him do really a, well known. Yeah, like, but I, I saw him do a Kimmel set. Yeah. And I was like. I I I didn't get it. Oh, that guy! It was a terrible set. Was it? Yeah. That's, oh, a lot of comics went really vicious on him. Oh, really? I've right. Never, I've never seen him. It just seems like a lot of pressure to be every day. It's like, okay, I got to be the funniest guy on Twitter. It's like, right. I know, shit. but I, I I could see it leading to a job. I mean, if you were sure, really yeah. funny, then a guy like who writes for Fallon or Kimmel yeah, yeah. could be like, sure hey, enough. this guy's writing a lot of good stuff every single day. Yeah. But I just that's not me. Yeah. I'm, I'm like I'm I'm too busy writing sucking fuck jokes. I'm not writing right. you know that kind of stuff <laughs> right. for TV. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just end with sucking fuck jokes. Sure, why not? Jokes. Yeah. All right, thank, thank you so much, Dan, for thanks, coming out. Thanks, Dan. All right, that's the finish, the wrap-up of the Dan Lee Cop interview, and uh, hope you enjoyed this episode, and uh, please uh, listen to the next podcast. Thank you very much. Bye. Okay, that's good.